Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Level Playing Field podcast with me, Emily Bowe. The idea for this podcast came to me in the depths of lockdown, um, but really before I even knew what this podcast was going to be and look like, I decided to post on a few public Facebook groups I'm on, asking if there are any young women out there prepared to talk to me about their journeys with sports. They could be elite athletes, newcomers to the world of sport, or just about anything, really. And uh, much to my own surprise, I had over 150 responses. So the young women I speak to on this series were all strangers to me before. But I guess the point of this podcast is to show that every woman, regardless of background, sexuality, race or anything, has some kind of journey with sport. Plus, I learned so much about new sports or changed my perception of others. Um, I've even been persuaded to go caving in Wales. But anyway, I hope you enjoy this series as much as I've enjoyed making it. My guest today is Italia Obanga, who by day is an international politics student at Liverpool Uni and by sport is a handball player. Um, This podcast so far has really been an education for me on different sports. And although handball is obviously huge across the world, it's something I know very little about in the UK. So I've got Italia on today to try and educate me on that. So welcome, Italia. Thank you so much for being on. How are you? How's lockdown life? Um, I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for um, talking to me as well. Um, Yeah, it's been a bit stressful with um, university work, but... um, yeah, no, I'm getting through it. How are you? Yeah, all right, all right. I'm just sort of trying to fill my time by doing things like this. So, so yeah, it's, it's not too bad. So <laughs> let's get sort of straight into it then, um, your kind of experience with sport. So what was your mm-hmm. experience with sport growing up kind of prior to handball, I suppose? Um, so I think I would describe myself. I've always been really, really sporty. Um my mum was an athlete when she was growing up as well, so she definitely pushed me into sports clubs, um, encouraged me to get involved in schools as well. So I would say probably my my first experiences with sports were um, playing netball, um, which is generally like a grassroots level sport at primary school as well. So yeah. I think that's yeah, the first experience I really had playing team sports. Yeah, so it was always normal for you to sort of be active in some way then? Yeah, yeah, no, completely. If anything, it's it's really weird for me at the moment with lockdown and not being able to train properly and um just like meet up with the girls. Yeah, you you realise how much you miss it and how sort of important it is for your routine of the week, isn't it? Oh no, honestly, I feel like there's a massive gap in my life, but like with team sports, you literally just can't get around the government um, restrictions. I know we've got to be patient, haven't we? And hopefully, it'll be back sort of bigger and better than ever. That's the that's no, exactly. the aim. So tell me a bit more about sort of handball then, how you got into that. Obviously, you touched on playing netball there. I guess it's sort of similar skills in a sense. But handball is not the kind of game that uh, we play in our school game sessions, is it? Yeah, no, it's really not. So I think prior to going to secondary school, I'd really, really had like no experience with playing handball. Um, But I went to um, a secondary school called Cardinal Griffin um, Catholic College in Cannock. It's in like the West Midlands. Yeah. Um, and I was quite fortunate that 
um, one of the P staff members there, he'd been like quite heavily involved with England handball. Um, his son had been on like the talent pathway. So he actually ran a club based at the school. Um, so I think it was about year eight that I started to get involved with handball. Um, and I honestly, I really, really struggled in the start, but um, the skills between netball and handball are so transferable. So yeah, it was something, yeah I enjoyed doing. In what way did you struggle in the start then just with the actual picking it up I think one of the things that I found um quite weird obviously like learning the rules um but the training sessions we did have sales training sessions but um the better you got you'd, you'd get invited to train with the boys as well mm. um and it's quite funny because handball is like a contact sport um not to the extent of rugby but um you do make like controlled contact with the opposition um and the boys were like quite funny about um playing full contact with us about touching us um I, I I actually used to like scream when I'd get like when someone would make contact with me um so it's just crazy like looking at how far I've come in the game really yeah definitely I mean it's not it's not common to um sort of partake on an equal basis with for men and women like that in a sport especially not a contact sport so in a way it's kind of sad that that was something you had to get used to and become normal like that should be normal anyway um but is it do you now find that it's quite an equal sport in terms of men and women participating um I think it's definitely gotten better as um as I've gotten to like so I play for a women's team now um so when we like train with the men's team um because like we've known them for so many years as well they just accept that it is like an equal competition they're supposed to go all out we're supposed to go all out but I think when you're younger and you're going through those awkward stages um it can be quite hard to to train with boys and like expect the same the same treatment that they would like give towards each other yeah yeah absolutely so it's not it's not the kind of sport where there are mixed teams on a competitive level then that's just in training um, yeah, I'd say it's generally just in training and maybe if you're having some like friendlies, but I'd, like, I think just because, um, <clears throat> sorry, um, just because like between men and women, um, it is quite a different sport. Um, so men are just like, it would be unfair for us to play against men and vice versa. Um, yeah. Strength levels just aren't comparative. So I understand it in that sense, but um, it can be quite frustrating when you're in a training environment and um that like the men and the boys aren't going as competitively as they normally would yeah and does that sort of is that reflected at the top level do you kind of have a lots of the coaches men or the coaches that coach women team women's teams are they men um so I I play for Manchester Hawks northeast Manchester Hawks um women's club um and we're really lucky because like the club has always had like really strong female leads um so our like head coach she's called Donna our manager's called Sue um and they've always like taken on taken on the massive like responsibility of running the club um but with like the senior GB team at the moment um they're both great but like they're both men um our manager's female but I just think especially in like coaching roles it's it's so important to have women in those roles um I, th- I think particularly like when I was younger um especially like due to like safeguarding concerns you do tend to have like a lot more women involved um but I think like it's the same with like in the in the workplace the higher up you get um like women seem to be funneled out yeah yeah and I mean is it um an accessible sport as in 
I imagine, again, forgive my ignorance, but I imagine kind of all you need is a ball and a sports hall, right? So it's a kind of sport that can be played in most towns, cities, communities. Oh, no, no, that's a great question. Um, yeah, it is really accessible. Um, handball is an indoor sport, so ideally um, you do want to be playing inside, but um, if there's like spacing issues, um, I've, I've played on AstroTurf, I've played on like gravel. Um, I always think of handball as like, fusion between basketball and and football so you've got kind of the football shaped goals but then you've got like the elements of the sport like dribbling so yeah I think as long as you've got a ball space um someone to defend and attack against like anyone can play the sport yeah yeah that's great I mean you touched on it a bit there but tell me a bit more about sort of practically what handball looks like I mean I played netball obviously played a bit of basketball in PE but never handball so I can't actually really envisage what that looks like on a on a pitch yeah no um it's just it's such a fast pace sport so the best way I can describe it um like I'm sure a lot of your listeners will be familiar with um a netball court um so you've got um you've got like the attacking end and the defending end but um handball is unlike some other sports it's unlike netball where it's not zonal so everyone attacks everyone defends you've got seven players in each team um so you've got a goalkeeper at each end um and so it's kind of like an end-to-end sport where the aim is to throw the ball into the opposition opposition's net Mm. um but I think the the trickiest thing is so you've got the the circle which the defenders defend around and then you've got the keeper inside that um so before you shoot you have to release the ball in the air so you can't land in that in that um circle and then shoot um I think it's quite a visual sport though you need to see it to understand it yeah I'll be on YouTube after this (laughs) picking it up (laughs) but I mean it's obviously a very physical um sport and one the one that requires a lot of fitness I mean apologize if I keep comparing it to netball but when you look at a netball court you think oh that's such a small Mm. space but the amount of sort of um the amount of meters that you cover in a whole game is huge and I would imagine that's similar to handball so you mentioned to me when um we were talking originally that you had to you were told to lose weight for playing handball Is, is there a problem with body image in handball and what's expected of you and what is expected of you in terms of physical fitness um I think that's it's quite a tough question because I think naturally like when you're playing at an elite level level it is it is expected of you to be to have like a certain physique to be of a certain weight so that you can like perform at maximum um for me um and a lot of it I think like stemmed from sick form university like those are the times in your life when you get you get the most freedom um especially in terms of like diet um and for me I, I think I'd really I wasn't like monitoring my food properly um and not even to the extent of needing to calorie count um I, I just I would I would eat whatever I wanted whenever I wanted so because the change in my body was so gradual um, I, I didn't realise that I had put on so much weight and that was having like a detrimental effect on on how I played. Um, I think it's quite difficult, though, because even though I've I've lost the, the weight that I needed to lose to stay on the team, um, I think the concept of having to lose weight to do something you love is is so problematic. Um, and I know for myself that 
I wouldn't necessarily say like before before my weight was identified as an issue I wouldn't necessarily say that I saw an issue in my body so mm. even though I've lost the weight that um like I was asked asked to lose essentially um I still don't feel completely confident in my body yeah um, yeah and it's yeah. such a fine line isn't it because like you said a level of fitness is required to play at the top level but exactly. especially for sort of younger teenage girls when you're told that it's really hard to just think of that in sporting terms I mean obviously that kind of attitude towards your body will then permeate you know other areas of life and I think it's a really really hard balance and for a lot of young women it's seen as when they're sort of competing against mm. other people <laughs> and looking to sort of make that step up it's something that can be latched onto to really control it's it's interesting isn't it and I I know a lot of friends who have kind of competed at the top level in whatever sport have sort of had to overcome that barrier at some stage yeah yeah I think something that I um I struggled a lot with um so I in order to lose the weight you have you have to go into like a calorie deficit um but if you're not careful and not you're not actually you're you're still training all the time so you still need to make sure that you're consuming enough enough calories to like sustain yourself throughout the day um and once you lose all that weight that they've asked you to lose and then you try to like reintroduce yourself to to like normal healthy habits so i.e not recording your calories in in an app or whatever um it's really really hard to break that mentality and I know that I'm not alone in having struggled with that so I was I was weighing food and and it got to the stage that I was literally weighing like lettuce and lettuce is what like 99% water so I think it's really really hard to come back from from restrictive eating for sports and then like trying to like have a normal life and have a normal diet yeah and you're you're never gonna get that out of your mind how how many calories are in a bag of crisps like whether you know that you should or shouldn't be eating those calories you're always going to know exactly some food that you'll you'll just never forget like you'll be able to recite it and and that's not healthy you should you should still be able to like find joy in food and it shouldn't matter what you're eating as long as it's in like moderation so yeah definitely 100% I I hope that um, it's becoming more of a thing that nutrition becomes a sort of positive part of um elite sport and we're told you know the right things to eat but for the right reasons um definitely yeah so tell me a bit about the competitive level to it and what sort of level you've competed at are competing at um and what those sort of national competitions look like um so I've been quite lucky to work my way up the um the England handball pathway um so I think I think when I was about 13 that was the first time that I was selected for an England team um and my first actual international competition um it was at the Partiel Cup in Sweden so that was as a 13 year old a really really um exciting opportunity um and more recently um I competed in Bulgaria um so that was interesting and um Hungary too so I think I think I've definitely had more opportunities the younger I was though um it's quite challenging especially funding wise to secure money for senior teams especially when they're women's teams so that's something that you have to like balance out with if you're willing to commit with all the um uncertainty 
yeah definitely so what how do you play now are you still playing representative stuff or just for your club um so I I've mainly been playing um club um because I, I'd returned recently from studying abroad um so I took a bit of a break from the the GB pathway um I'm still on the pathway and I still will go to training camps but um every time we have a new competition there's a new round of selection um every season the team rotates so it's just about um maintaining your your fitness really at the moment and um being ready for when we return yeah how has it been with coronavirus I assume that um you haven't been really been able to play very much no um it's been quite hard actually um it's only recently that elite sports have had the go-ahead to to start playing again um but that's provided you're not in tier three um and given that we all just came out of the national lockdown I haven't I haven't played properly um for GB since I would say January which has been a very very long time yeah I mean and it's not you know like running or tennis or even golf which can be sort of still played and done during coronavirus to be able to practice handball you need a full team in a sports hall and no, exactly. So, a bit of a dilemma. Yeah. yeah. And so you mentioned there about all the different sort of European cities you've been to. Is it predominantly a European sport? Where is it sort of the biggest, would you say? Um, it's a like a heavily European-based sport. Um, so like a lot of countries, so like Norway, um, Sweden, Hungary, um, Denmark. Um, Denmark's a massive hub for handball. Um, but a lot of them, when when we're playing football in primary school or or netball, like handball is their first sport. Yeah. Um, but you like the outreach. You do you do have countries like um, Angola was at the 2012 Olympics, um, which was brilliant. So you do have countries like further out, like Angola, Japan, that um, are quite well represented in the sport. Yeah. How does GB fare at the Olympics usually? Um, so 2012, we were able to, I was only 12 then, so I, I wasn't there, <laughs> but um, we entered a team because we were the host nation. Um, but in terms of national ranking, um, GB is still, we're still trying to get up there just because handball is such a minority sport in the UK. Um, but I, I say this all the time as well. If we started handball when we were like four years of age, I really think there's enough potential in the UK for for us to have some of the um, the greatest teams. Definitely. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, competition with so many other sports that we're provided. But I definitely think it's the kind of sport which people need to be more aware of when they're younger is like given the opportunity to take it up if they if they so wish. But oh, lots of people don't even know about it. No, no, it's, it's it's like kind of a word of mouth sport. Like you bring your friends to training with you or they come and see you play and then they decide they want to get involved. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and how how diverse do you find the sport? Is it something that attracts people from a lot of different backgrounds, races, or is it, um, you know, quite a sort of, um, quite a particular group that play handball? Um. I mean, the UK is predominantly, predominantly white. And so I think like it, it naturally follows that majority of people that play handball are, um, especially because it's so popular in those in those European countries. Um, I think something that England handball could um, could do better on and GB, like British Handball Association, is just having more 
more people of colour, more um, like minority groups in those high leadership positions. Um, and I understand if there's not if there's not the group of people for you to like select from, then then what can you do? But I really do think like representation makes a difference in terms of um, the people that you can draw into the sports. Um, I think they do really well with reaching out to people in in different um, social backgrounds. Um, so the man who actually brought me into the sport um Mr Popovic he um he reaches out to different communities travels to different schools um and a lot of them are in um like socio-economically deprived areas um but I just think that if there were more people um more diverse people starting at a grassroots level then it would mean like maybe like when I when I go abroad for example you can feel quite lonely um just not seeing a lot of people that look like you Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that's not completely down to to England handball, but I think there's a lot that they could do to to combat that. Yeah. Did you ever kind of have those doubts when you were getting into the sport? Did you ever think, oh, there's people here that don't look like me. Is this a sport for me? Or is that something you've kind of only experienced on an international level? Um, do you know, what? because because I've always grown up in um, like predominantly white areas, I am. Um, it's something that you you don't really notice until you then fly fly away with a GB squad or England squad um, to a different country. Um, and and ev- like nobody looks like you. Um, it's not that anybody treats you differently, but I think sometimes like the feeling of feeling isolated and will I fit in? Am I standing out too much? Um, so whenever, I, whenever I've had um, anyone on the team um, that looks like me, it's just, it's just really, really... Um, comforting but um no my team's been really great in supporting me and making me feel welcome so that's great yeah absolutely and you know sport has its faults but the power of it is that if you can get on the court and show everyone how good you are then you hope at that point that any kind of preconceptions about gender race background anything go out the window exactly um I even like my um my club that I play for um in terms of like sexuality it's just so it's so diverse um and I think those are the those are the kind of environments that you need to foster in in order to bring in people and to make sure that everyone feels included yeah absolutely and do you think your sort of um future or your plan going forward in terms of handball would be to ever coach or have sort of a higher leadership role what what do you envisage handball looking like for you in your future well that's an interesting question um I don't know I think I think it's been a dream of mine to I, I would love to just like drop everything and go away and and play for a year but um I just feel like the older you get it's like harder to chase to chase your dreams sometimes especially um like the sporting environment can be so volatile like if you've got an injury then there is always someone waiting to replace you um so I think for me, it's about being about being realistic in terms of how long I can play at an elite level for. Um, but I'll definitely keep playing um, at club level. Um, and I, I would love to get involved with coaching at grassroots levels. Um, but I've already got plans to go into my little sister's school and give a few humble lessons. So I'm sure the kids will enjoy that. Oh, that's great. What, what would you say to those kids then if they're sort of thinking of taking up handball? What would you say to them? um I would kind of just say just throw yourself into it like you you really never know how far you can get with the sport 
um like I've had so many opportunities to travel um made like amazing lifelong friends through the sport so I think like whatever your concerns are um that there is always a place and there are like brilliant coaches and and people willing to help you up the talent pathway yeah yeah I mean obviously so many young girls sort of quit sport thinking it's not for them Mm -hmm. um when they hit puberty and so how important do you think it is to make young women aware that there are other sports beyond just sort of hockey or netball how important is it to sort of push alternative sports like handball um I think that's so so important you know because even in handball um I think I remember being like maybe 14 and um when you get to under 18 level um I think I think you have to be 12 to play in the under 18 league um the national league in the in the UK um so it was quite interesting seeing all these girls aging out of handball um but there wasn't there wasn't anything for them to then go into um so I think it's a problem across across a lot of sports but the beauty of minority sports like handball is there will always be like a club for you even if um at national level there isn't the funding and support available there um and I think some of my best moments are are made with my club teammates so yeah I would definitely say that um we need to we need to be more realistic about um how many people will actually make into those hockey leagues those football leagues those netball leagues at the top um and provide like alternative sports like handball and where the skills are transferable and where these players can still thrive socially yeah because the talent pool's there isn't it it's just about sort of making people aware of the sport and even if people don't go on to play um handball at the highest level like you it's just as you say a great social activity a great way to uh have a make new friends easily in a new city at university whatever and I think if we can push as many sports as possible for people to get involved in then that's that's the aim isn't it no exactly I completely agree just keeps you like accountable as well you know you've got training on Wednesdays and you know if you're not there then someone will be texting you to see if you're all right yeah yeah it's like a a nice little sporting family isn't it being part of a club that's what I really miss at the moment oh no trust me me too (laughs) yeah yeah well thank you so so much for being on and for talking about um your journey with handball and I really really hope that someone listening to this will think oh yeah I could give that a try when when um restrictions allow but yeah you speak so passionately about it and all the best in the future for um for where where your life goes in terms of handball and good luck with the degree as well thank you so much thank you for having me this has been um, a great conversation and yeah um, I'm wishing you the best of luck with the whole series thank you Natalia so what a wonderful chat with Natalia It was great to hear a success story of someone who really has just found the sport for them. If you're inspired by Atalia's story and journey with handball, then please do hop onto the England Handball website to find a club near you. Thanks again to Atalia for chatting with me and to you for listening. This has been the Level Playing Field podcast. You can check out our website or follow the platform on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. We aim to be a sports platform for all, telling untold stories of sport. So if you would like to get in touch with a new story or idea, then please do. But for now, tune in next week for another story of an everyday woman in sport.